No my hide my, and welcome to Full Disclosure, a Stuff and KL Productions podcast with me, Karen O'Leary. In this series, I talk with all sorts of amazing and famous Kiwis to find out how coming out was for them. This week on Full Disclosure, I talk to ex-All Black Campbell Johnstone. You know, I was honestly a bit naive, and I honestly thought it would only just sort of be a little bit of a media yeah. bite, and that would be it. Joe Malcolm, the media liaison that was with me, she was instrumental in helping me with the coming out. When it all went big, I was like, whoa, it went quite big. She's like, yeah, no, I knew it was. And I said, um, well, why didn't you tell me that? She said, well, probably because you would have ran for the hills. Yeah, she didn't want you to change your mind. Good on Joe Malcolm. I'd like to give her a big pat on the back. Kia and welcome to Full Disclosure, and today I am very excited, I'm pumped in fact, to have with me Campbell Johnstone, who's an ex-All Black, and the first All Black to come out as gay, um, and certainly there was a lot of media attention around that, so Campbell, I'm just so happy that you agreed to talk to me. How are you today? I'm great, thank you, and uh, thanks for having me on the show, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, look, like I said just before we started recording, wait till we get to the end and hopefully you'll still say, gosh, what a pleasure that was, but I'm sure I'm sure it will <laughs> It definitely will be from my part, yeah. Um, so, like I said, mm-hmm. it is pretty massive, I guess, and you must know this. As the only ever All Black to have come out as gay, did you feel immense pressure when you came out in the media? Um, uh, I, I don't know if there was immense pressure. It was, um, and I still then sort of come to the conclusion that um, the timing was right for me. So I guess I... I sort of thought I was comfortable with it, and um, I, I, yeah, I was honestly a bit naive, and and I honestly thought that it would, you know, would would only just sort of be a little bit of a media yeah. bite, and, yeah. and and that would be it, and, and it would just maybe mainly be, be New Zealand and um and Australian uh, rugby public at the max, yes. and um, so um, but in all honesty, it took off, and it. it Flew around the world. You went, you went global. You were global. <laughs> yeah, a global yeah, superstar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gay rugby player, and this week global for being gay. Like, yeah, it was. Oh, but yeah. um, I guess that was. I guess. I guess that was just more built around the how powerful the brand, the All Black name brand is. I think that was yeah. more to the point of, of why that that sort of drove it that fast and 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 quickly and and, and widespread. You know, um, and then uh, Joe Malcolm, the media liaison that was with me when I was in the Crusaders in Canterbury yeah. and the All Blacks, and also she's still now uh, still with the All Blacks. She was um, instrumental in, in helping me with the coming out, you know, and, and organising it and just doing it on the right um, um, platform and yeah. everything. And um, she, it was quite funny because we, I, I sort of said, oh, you know, this won't go very far. And, yeah. and she sort of nodded and went, yeah, you know, it won't. And then after it, when it all went big, I was like, well, it went quite big. She's like, yeah, no, I knew it was. And I said, um, well, why didn't you tell me that? She said, well, probably because you would have ran for the hills. Yeah, she didn't want you to change your mind, which was, I said, we say, no. was it, is her name Joe? did you say? Yes, Joe Malcolm. Good, good on Joe Malcolm. I'd like to give her a big pat on the back. Um, and yes, we will go back to talking about obviously the the All Blacks and the brand and and being a high profile sports person that come has come out as gay and maybe especially more so as a a man. I'm picking and we can talk about that too. But I want to go back mm-hmm. to the start before we get to the end because it makes heaps more sense. To me. Yeah. Could you just first of all tell me just a bit about yourself? Who do you live with? Who do you anyone special? I know there is, but I just want you to tell me. 
<laughs> yes, I live with well, my partner. We got recently engaged last month. We got engaged yes. together, and um, we live together in Napier. Yeah, no, that's he's um, he's been very supportive, and um, he's a big part of part of my life. Yeah, so it's been really good. Well, I did actually. Um, obviously, I read up about your engagement um, when it happened. It was incredibly <laughs> romantic, Campbell. So I'm just I'm just worrying for you. Like, do you feel like the pressure is now going to be on the wedding being? absolutely spectacular have you got have you got like a you guys do one of you become the the groomzilla or are you both just how does that work well i I don't know i I mean ben and i jokingly you know take fun out of each other and say well you'll be wearing the dress and 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 things like that but the really one that got was sort of baffled both of us was like you know like who who which name do you take? Which last name do you take? I mean, what, what what's the go there? I'm not, weren't really sure on that. So um, well, look, Campbell, maybe actually, we just draw, yeah, draw I think, straws. I think you get to choose. I mean, as someone who, because I love to keep trying things until I get them right, I've been married twice and I'm now engaged to someone <laughs> different. So, um, you know, I feel like, oh, <laughs> well, I'm not, yes, and, yes and no. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> again, it's that interesting thing maybe in this is being gay I think sometimes taking your husband's name is quite a heteronormative thing to do. So as yeah. gay people getting married, are we just sort of doing the same thing and should we be doing the same thing or do we or do you just want to have the same last name as your lovely partner? Yeah, well that, that's the thing we thought we thought, thought about maybe um combining our last names and, and going with cuz his last name is Thompson and my last name is Johnstone. So we could do something like Tom Stone or Tombstone or something like that. You know? See, that's actually quite cool. I'd, I'd go with that. <laughs> or otherwise, it's Johnson. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm presuming, no, no, I'm not presuming anything. I'm going to ask you the questions, then I'll know the answers. Um, <laughs> talk to me a bit about, obviously, you were in the closet while you were playing rugby as an all black. Um, can you just tell me a bit about, first of all, when you knew within yourself that you were gay? Yeah, so um, I was, yeah in the closet when I was playing rugby and then slowly came out while I was playing rugby to teammates and my family and that, but always kept it um, out of the public and, yeah. and never in the media. Um, I first, you know, honestly, I first sort of had an inkling of my sexuality probably was when I was like 14 and 15. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I, I sort of remember the whole situation and how much it scared me and shocked me. Was I remember my friends um, talking about, you know, girls and how pretty, you know, this yeah. girl is and how, you know, how good, look at that on her. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, mm, well, you know, I, I don't really see that. But yeah. uh, I've seen a couple of good looking guys around and, yeah. and I was like, oh, oh, uh, maybe I'm gay. And, you know, and that scared me and it, it, it um, Excuse me for the fact that I I, I thought it was going to really derail my goal of um you know being an All Black and mm. and continuing in rugby. So um yeah so I I did whatever every you know rare blooded male in New Zealand does is just you know push it down and bury it and 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 yeah, forget about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have yeah. to deal with it. Yeah, um, I had a bit of a you know a coping strategy which I sort of nicknamed called you know I'd go to the pub which I would um. I'd procrastinate, you know, um, undo it in my head, and then I'd just bury it deep down inside, and 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 you know, wouldn't have to front it. And if it came back up, I'd just um, go to the pub again and procrastinate, undo it in my head, and and bury it. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately, Campbell, do you think that was really good for you, or do you think maybe it could have been, 
if it was had been done differently, it could have been better. But I guess you can only do things as you can do them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I, I think the well, I, I learned and I, I know now, and I realised yeah. that the coping strategy I was using was 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 what was not healthy at all for yeah. uh, for anything in, in 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 my life. So, um, so I learned from that, and I I tend to think, you know, if I if I was able to, or I was more normalised, would have it been easier for me? Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure because my biggest battle wasn't the fact that I was scared about people around me. It was not my battle that I had internally with myself. It, it didn't mm. sit right with me. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know whether that was because, um, you know, again, because of society. But yeah, my my battle was more of an internal one with it not sitting directly with me. Yeah. So, so when you did tell your family, how did that sort of, how did that go? Yeah, that, that went surprisingly fine. You know, uh, no party or anything like that, yep. no celebration. It was just, you know, I think I went around to my parents' place because I wanted to tell them before I sort of told anyone when I was you know, in my 20s and um, yeah, pop rounds and was having dinner and it was a, you know, a normal dinner setting where um, the mother, you know, your mum's still trying to more food into you and, <laughs> yeah. and and that stuff and I I just I just dropped it I just said oh look guys I'm I'm, uh, I'm gay and mum was like oh that that's great and dad said oh yeah okay and uh, then mum mum went straight back to like you know do you want some more peas I was like no I don't want any more peas <laughs> um, yeah but that's just the way they were they're very relaxed and 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 very laid back and very um, uh, yeah very just very understanding I mean. And another example of how laid back and um, blasé, well, I suppose blasé is the word they yeah. they were, was when I was when I was um, uh, selected into the All Blacks. We were all told the night before the team was going to be announced the next day, and you're allowed to go around and tell your uh, your parents. Yeah. And so I popped round and went around to mum and dad's, and um, I uh, walked in and just said, Do you know, hey, yarn, and I like good, good, and I said, oh, yeah. Made the all blitz and uh, mum mum reacted the best. She um she sort of came over and gave me a hug. Dad carried on talking about whatever he was talking about. <laughs> I think it was something about something about the ducks or something. <laughs> and then I remember him looking over and and you know you could see the um the the wheels turning his in his head, thinking you know why is why why is why why is my why is mum giving the boy a hug yeah, what, what, penny what's he in when he came yeah what's he said when he came in the door and then it dropped and he was just like oh that's fantastic and i sort of i asked him about that i was like oh you know why what were you guys so blase about the uh all blacks and that and 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 they say oh you know oh, we just they said oh we just didn't hear you and that and i was like oh okay i said well you know what about when I told you when I was gay? And, and then mum just turns around and she said, oh, well, we knew that. Oh, <laughs> so it was like, oh, such yeah. a great response. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Because yeah. I guess like when you were, if, say when you were 14, 15, and we're a similar-ish age. Are you for, for, I'm 43-ish? Yeah, I'm 43. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, Karen. Great research. Gosh, I've done my work here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so when you were 14 or 15, what year was that? And who was in the All Blacks then is what I want to know. Okay, so when I was 14 and 15, that was around 90, 
94 and 95. And obviously 95 was the World Cup when it was in South We got poisoned. Carol, we got poisoned. Yeah, that was the poison one. In and fact, I'm speaking to Ursula Carlson next. I'll ask her about that. <laughs> yeah, I actually listened to her. Well, Dan and I listened to her podcast quite a bit. It's quite funny. No, there you go. Yeah, I'll say, say that you said hi. Yep. Yeah. So I just was, what I was thinking, trying to get yeah. to it is if you were thinking that, you know, s- some guys were looking kind of good looking, did you have crushes on some of the All Blacks? Um, no, I, I, no, I didn't because I, I didn't, you know, because I didn't actually develop that side. Oh, yeah, you know, pushing it away. Yeah, yeah, so right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I didn't develop that. But, yeah, no, that's a good question. But no, no. But I obviously had players that I, you know, you, you watch and look up up to and you idolise and, and that and and that's um that's always yeah. I remember w- when I was growing up and I was thinking if I had to ever have a boyfriend, which I did feel quite funny to me to even think as a child. I thought that John Timu would be a really good option. Well, do you remember him? <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, 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 I do. And because yeah. um, John Timu went to the same school that the uh, high school that I went to, so um, right. yeah. oh, small oh, world. Yeah, you know, he was he was probably <laughs> one of the um, one of the few people that could have turned me back to being straight. Well, no, I never was, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. So it sounds like you, your mum and dad, say they sound amazing and I'd love to meet them and go and have a beer with them because they sound very cool. Um, what about the first sort of friends that you told? How did they take it? Were people surprised or not at um, all surprised? I think, yeah, there was a few people that were surprised. A couple of friends were surprised more for the fact of, you know, they, they just never suspected it mm. and um, because I'd done such a good job. Of such finding. a good <laughs> Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd really, you know, driven that... Um, I'd really gone down that road of, uh, you know, uh, I guess a, a hetero yeah. white yeah. blooded male. Like I'd really, really sold that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but then, but then there was, you know, other friends that sort of, sort of knew. But um, it was actually quite funny because a lot of friends never suspected that their wives would say, or their girlfriends at the time or whatever would um, would say, would say, ah, yes, I kind of knew that. Yeah. I, I Women's thought there was something around that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, I thought there was something fishy. Yeah, yeah. Do you think as well, I'm just thinking about, obviously you were, you were a prop, right? Um, yeah. Do you think that also fed into you having to be sort of that red-blooded male type thing? Do you think it would have been easier if you'd been like a back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably would have been like a easy. like a winger yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the the front row, everyone just yeah, there is an expectation to be a certain way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, probably the perfect perfect position to hide in as well. Like Absolutely. that that yeah. expectation is there. It's a, Except that you do always yeah. have the locked hands between your legs in the scrum. So <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, anyway, we digress. Yeah. But um. <laughs> Speaking, speaking, sorry about this, Campbell. Um, speaking about like right. the obviously that pressure to be a certain way as a male in sport specifically, what do you think we need to do or we can do to sort of change that and to help people 
either be less judgmental or be feel more able to be who they are. Have you got any great tips for the universe? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't have any great quick souls, but I, I think we, we're slowly getting there and we, we really are normalizing it. Like, yeah. and I, and that's what we talked about with, um, Joe Malcolm and, and, yeah. and Rob Nickel when we um, decided to do the releases that is that I was, you know, really in a place where I was very confident to, to do this and stand up and, and, and then stand by it and yes. help people and, and, yeah. and try and really normalize it. Yeah. Because I think that's the, the biggest fear is that when, well, for, for example, when I was was playing, there's always was a little bit of a, a witch hunt within the media to find the, the, yes. you know, the first gay or black or the yep. first gay rugby player. Yeah. And so they they kind of knew as well while I was playing, like some of the media outlets knew and they would come to Joe and say, Yeah, we know we're gonna yeah, you know, we want to run the story and she would just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but no, so because, they so um, they'd sort of sniff around and we're gonna out do your outing for you. They weren't going to out. They were just asking if they could, and right. then every yeah. time they were told no, they would back off because obviously they were quite, you know, which was good. They were very respectful, and I, you know, I think it probably would have been may have ended, may have backfired it with them if they had done something like that. Probably, yeah. But it's but sound, but that's you remember what happened with poor old Rebel Wilson. She got outed by the media. Yeah, I think some people do. Yeah. But, well, I'm glad that you didn't, and I'm mm. glad that you got to do it in a really what's what obviously was a positive and a hugely impactful way that not only impacted sports people in New Zealand but lots of people around the world. How long ago was it that you came out in the media? It wasn't wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, it's just this it was this year and um, end of January. Yeah. yeah. And so did that change how did that change your life in effect? Like, you know, obviously the people around you knew anyway, but did did anything change as a result of it going public and obviously getting a lot of attention? Um, yeah, it, it did really. Obviously, a lot of media requests and, and podcasts and, and things like that. Different organisations, you know, uh, wanting me to be a part of their uh, their, their charity and, and their, their cause and, their, and a few speaking things as yeah. well. But, um, yeah, other than that sort of stuff, it, it didn't change too much. I mean, uh, I suppose a few people who actually started to know who I was which was um you know that's that's always a nice thing in a, in a good <laughs> yeah, way yeah yeah and then on a, on a kind of a funny side you know uh, rugby people who knew me as a rugby player who weren't you know part of the teams that I played and and went privy to the information yeah found out that I was gay and then um a lot of my uh the gay friends who have known me after I played rugby, but didn't really know I played rugby, they would text me and say, and "Say, oh, was was this a, was this a coming out story of you coming out as an all <laughs> So it was like your two worlds were colliding. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of my friends from overseas who you know, I didn't know that I you know played rugby or, or that was like, oh, I didn't know you played rugby. I didn't know you were an all black. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess this is the thing: is it actually easier to be an all black who is gay or a gay who is an all black? I don't even know if that's even a question, but did you have any negative attention? No, no, not that I, no, it's not I can think of, I don't think there was any negative, uh, you know, attention whatsoever. Everyone was, um, yeah, really positive and, and, and a lot of support and a lot of people shared their negative experiences, which was, um, you know, quite sad and, and really all the responses was really humbling. Like people, people shared their stories of why they, you know, they once 
played a sport that they loved, but they had to mm. to leave it because they didn't feel like they fitted, fitted the yeah. uh, the mold or the you know the, the the what it should be. And and then they were saying in messages, you know, now they actually feel that they can return to the sport and as a maybe a spectator or as a participant. So that was really cool that people were thinking well, about picking yeah. back up the sport they loved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think as well, obviously, like you said, it's just it takes one person for for others to follow. You know, someone's got to be a leader, and I think in this instance it was definitely you. Um, and I think, I mean, moving moving forward, when are we going to have the next one, Campbell? Do we know the next gay or black? Who's it going <laughs> well, to be? Got any tips? I'm not too sure. You know, like maybe there's not another one. Maybe. Uh... Maybe there isn't one playing, or maybe there isn't one, or maybe there's one slowly flying out. Out. Now, if, if anyone, if any of the All Blacks are listening and they'd like to come on full disclosure, um, you're more than welcome. Um, so just get in touch. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So do you think as well, like thinking well about the All Blacks, do you think there still is a bit of a stigma, or do you think it's, I guess you've said it, it is getting better slowly but surely, but do you think there is a still a stigma that exists against sort of high-level sports players who might be gay or bisexual? I... I I don't know if it's uh, a stigma or against it. When they feel right, they they they're comfortable and they'll come out when they're, yep. they're ready. I I tend to think the because I've been around a few schools and yep. um, just speaking at some schools and that, and I tend to think the younger generation has such a better handle on on it all and a more absolutely a more um yeah a more open and accepting view of this world, which is so cool. So I I think you know. I think it will just completely normalise and, and, you know, there won't be that stigma. I mean, we never want to get away from the old the battle on the field and the combat and the aggression yeah. that's on the field because, you know, that's why we love the game rugby and, you know, and yeah. the competition is why we love sport, you know. But uh, it's just, I guess it's just settling itself off the field and everyone just being comfortable to be themselves and, and, and and everybody else accepting yeah. everyone else, I guess. I mean, that's, yeah, that's right. I mean, at the end of the day, if you are good enough to play for the All Blacks, it doesn't really matter who you fancy. If you're good enough to play that game of rugby at an international level, then you could be in love with anyone, really, surely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I just... Probably all boils down just to the old saying, just be nice. <laughs> you just be nice. I, I, I like to change that a little bit to don't be a dick. <laughs> it's a, kind of the same version, but a little bit, you know, a little bit more pointed. Oh, that sounds weird. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's got, it's got a bit more punch to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Campbell, if you could give young, your young gay self <laughs> any advice, and I feel like I, you've kind of talked to this a little bit already, but what, what advice would you give yourself as a young person? Yeah, I, I think my advice would be um, try and not uh, bury things down, try and just mm-hmm. deal with them and, 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 and because the sooner you can deal with the matters or the problems, the uh, sooner you can move on. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably be the advice I'd give to myself and, and probably just I'd also give my young self just a bit of advice just to say, you know, it, you can dress a bit better than what you were dressing when you were younger. <laughs> Do you know the funny thing is when you started that, I was going to say, was it have better fashion sense? I don't know how I knew that, but we've just, oh, we've obviously very in tune. Um, all right, but my, my last question is, do you have 1056 tattooed anywhere on your body? Uh, no, no, I don't have any tattoos on my body. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have that. Um, but soon you'll get tombstone no. on your over your chest when you <laughs> had your wedding. 
That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And it could be in a tomb. No, hang on with those. Uh, look, hey, Campbell, I'm starting to become more and more ridiculous, which is what I tend to do. But I just want to say thank you so, so much. This has been such an interesting and an enlightening chat. And I just feel like good on you for being, A, just a really great guy, B, an all black, C, a gay man, D, all of the other things that you are. So thank you so much for chatting and you have such a nice rest of your day in Napier and keep being gay. You too. All right, bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. This was Full Disclosure, a Stuff and Kale Productions podcast. Thanks so much for listening. There's a new episode released every Tuesday. You can find them at stuff.co.nz forward slash full disclosure or wherever you get your podcasts. If you follow us on Apple or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, you'll get the latest episode delivered automatically without lifting a finger. Thanks to creator and producer Kate Langdon, stuff producer Jen Black and executive producer Chris Reed, and audio editor John Ropiha with original music by Eilish Wilson. Matiwa Aotearoa. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like... You'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The Human Race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash thehumanrace or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate.